Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn podcast. This is Emily. I'm Alessandra. And today we're going to talk about Dunkirk. Yes, the new Christopher Nolan movie, and uh, we just saw it this past weekend. It's been out for like a week now, on the eve of our trip to Italy. Yep, saw, saw Dunkirk. Yeah. And are now talking about it. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to say right off the bat that this year are going to be a lot of spoilers in this. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I'm going to try to put in some history about it. I did listen to an amazing podcast just now um by stuff you missed in history class um they did a dunkirk episode i would highly recommend listening to it if you want a really comprehensive historical um account uh, an accurate historical account because i swear we're probably gonna fudge some stuff you know it's it's very complicated war stuff especially um this happened i believe in 1940 right before um you know, it, it was like several years, like three years before the Americans entered the war. Mm-hmm. So it made kind of a, you know, we don't really learn too much about World War II events until after the Americans enter the war, which is kind of sad, but yeah, um, it's true. So we, I don't really recall learning about this in, in history class, and so I would recommend learning about it as well. Don't you think? This is definitely stuff I missed in history class. Yes, it is. Um, it's a great podcast, so if you want to listen to a cool history podcast, I'd recommend them. Cool history. Yeah. Um, also, lots of spoilers for this movie. Of course, uh, some of the characters, I'm sure like most of them, are completely made up. Um, but we've got a really amazing cast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, like did was there an actual historical character like Tom Hardy who like glided even when his plane like ran out of gift fuel. I have no idea what is accurate and what is not. I'd really like to get this film on um like just the extras. Great, like behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, like digital extras and stuff. I-, I would really enjoy watching this one. It was I I think I think when I left this movie, I have not stopped thinking about it since I left this movie and I think it might be one of my favorite movies. Really? I really, really like this movie. Like, it was a really good movie. It was 100% in my book, for sure. It was definitely really good. (laughs) Yeah, like... I really enjoyed it. Like, damn. This movie was so good. I loved every minute of this movie. (laughs) You thinking about it? I am. I am. I don't. I don't know what to say. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, I, I guess we could follow. the The movie did have like a structural situation going on that if you didn't at first, it was like the the three different ways that they were trying to get people or trying to counterattack 
that they were showing. The first one yeah, was so the sli- mole. I'm slightly confused. Yeah, so what what was the mole? What exactly is the mole? The mole is a dock that boats go to. Okay. And that actually was the highest amount of people getting rescued went from the mole. Um, it's from the mole. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so why did that say one week on it? Because the time period that in the movie the mole was representing was a week. So, so, so all the shots that were that were taken at the mole yes. were over the span of a week. Yes. That was the point of the mole. And then the second was one, the one was the plane? Plane? No. no. The boat. One day. No, not the boat. Was it the little boats? Yeah, the, the civilian boats, yeah, right? That the was one civilian day. boats was the second one. That took over the span of one day. Yeah. So the events that took place on the civilian boats with um, Mark Rylance mm-hmm. took over the span of a day. Yeah. And then, and then the, the plane with Tom Hardy took over the span of an hour, I believe. It seemed like it would have been more than an hour, but, you know. I think that was what it said. Yeah. I, I remember it, it, did say, it being yeah, it was like one an week, hour. One day, one hour. Which makes sense because the whole time that Tom Hardy's in, in the air, he's looking at his fuel, thinking, I'm not going to have enough fuel. Yeah. So, obviously, it's not taking place over a day. It's taking yeah. place over a smaller time than that. So, yeah. It was uh, an extremely tense movie. It, it's basically Dunkirk, a.k.a. Three Hours of Stress. Yeah. Because Emily seems to think there she can't remember the music, but... The, I, I wasn't paying attention to that. The was music like, was very tense. It was like um, strings, like, you know, like... Really? Moving, yeah, like really, really serious and like just kind of really unnerving the entire time. And then sometimes there would be these moments of like good things are happening, like something is going down, and like I Tom do, Hardy would I do be like some, shooting some nice music happening. But it was like point. while Tom Hardy was like shooting some other plane, it was like this nice, pleasant music. It was so weird to hear that. I think Con Zimmer did the music. He did, and it was like the music was like almost constant, like it never stopped. It was like always going. It's- I, I think except for sometimes when they were on the beach, because I, I remember... Yeah, maybe there was when just they, sounds of the like, wind. In the very beginning, when they were just running across the beach with all the foam, like, there would be nothing playing. Well, the opening shot, there wasn't any music either. Yeah. And that was of the um, pamphlets raining down on the soldiers, the British soldiers. Yeah, so so were, were those were those little flyers, like, the were the Germans dropping those? Because yeah, they were they saying were. we're surrounding you, like, trying to yeah, freak them out? Yeah, those were, and those are real as well. Oh, shit. Those also happened. Um, that's what I learned Why do we miss podcast. this in history? This is super interesting. It is really, um, well, it, it was right at the beginning of the war, and it was, like, a very, um, terrible, terrible, like, military situation. Like, yeah. they just it was not good. So why were they there in the first place? Like, why did they go... Like, so what, what they was They were so... defending the French land. They were defending France. So, but if, if Dunkirk was, was such a strategically bad area to fight in, why would they go there? They were driven there by they the Germans. Um, okay, because I, I do remember them saying they kept losing their front. They were losing it. They were doing terrible. Like... 
there were um, a lot of French soldiers and a lot of British soldiers. Mm -hmm. And actually, I learned that more French soldiers, like a ton more French soldiers, died than British soldiers in this in the evacuation of Dunkirk because a lot of French soldiers were not evacuated. And there were also entire squadrons of troops that were told to hold off like a 25 square mile um, outer rim that was protecting them from the land um, troops. And they were told to um, stay there until the very last man. Like, they were told to basically fight to the death. Oh, gosh. To protect the people who were trying to escape. Jeez. And those are the real heroes out there, you know? Like, the ones that are that just protected the guys on the beach so that they could get home. It, it's just nuts. It's crazy. Sequel to Dunkirk. Those guys. I, those uh, guys on the other end. And I also learned... I should probably just read some facts since we're talking so specifically... The uh, British Army lost 68,000 soldiers um, uh, from the 10th of May until the 22nd of June. And um, it says there's just so many, so many wounded people. Well, actually, no, they didn't lose all this. A lot of those were wounded as well, but they probably, some of them died Mm -hmm. um, because they just had terrible conditions and they were trying to get back. And this movie did a really, really good job of, like, showing the traumatizing effects of, like, the bitter cold and wet on men's bodies, like, for a really long time. It was like, all of their knuckles were all just completely raw, and just, they were, like, in and out of the water constantly. That's right. They were, like, yeah, they were getting wet and dry a lot. And they apparently left a lot of their vehicles and equipment and lots of things there that the Germans repossessed. It was just really terrible. It was a terrible defeat. I mean, it was kind of signified as, like, it It was a it was a success for, like, the fact that not everyone died, but it was also, like, a terrible defeat because lots of people died. So it was like, no, that's, that's not good. And, like, the every day, like, it was basically a... It was a... It was fate or, you know throwing of the dice if you weren't on a ship that was exploded, you know? Yeah. And one that survived and that one that made it. Like, it's just... It was just so... Such a gamble. It was all just like, who knows if you were gonna go on a ship that was not gonna get bombed as soon as you went on it. Yeah. Or torpedoed or something. And that was, like, the real... You felt this so much in this movie. Like, it really was so clear what the stakes were at, like, in this film, and just the silence was so, it spoke so much, and just the men's faces, and the fear on their faces, and the, just the defeat, and the shell shock, like, Killian Murphy's character. Oh my gosh. Oh, God, that was, (laughs) Killian did a great job. He, I can't, like, the, 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 friend on the the little ship um with mark rylance the blonde guy who was his son i thought he had an amazing performance and him and mark rylance um dealt with the tragedy of losing george yeah so well that it was like heartbreaking to see that but also it's war like it was just so so freaking sad yeah Ugh. And how they just kept finding people along the way, trying to get back. 
was just heart-wrenching. It was a really um, visceral film. And I, I felt this way with Hacksaw Ridge as well. And it really did a great job of really portraying what it was like to be there. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, so good. It's really well... well this story was told really well. And um, I was looking at people were thinking that the characters weren't developed enough. But I didn't really mind that because every character in this film could have been any person at all times in this whole situation. Well, yeah, because if you think about it, all these people are going through the exact same thing. They're all going to be the same character. Yeah. Like, they're all going to be shell-shocked. They're, they're all, all going to be, be trying terrified. to leave. They're all going to be thinking about ju- taking care and surviving on their own. Like, there's no... Like, what are you going to develop? You're just going to develop a person with more fear than another person? Like, no, that's not that's yeah. not how it's going to work. And even then, we They're had all the same. same. No, we had some differences among the petty officers, just like with... Well, yeah. The, the young ones saying oh, this man doesn't deserve to live because of this, and we're going to kick him off this boat, and it's all moot. It's like, what are you doing? This is all stupid. Just, like, get yourselves out there. Like, they didn't... They were like, well, it's us or them kind of situation, but, you know, some people had more yeah, compassion there, there than was others. like that, that competitiveness and, like, almost rivalry with the French during the evacuation because... Of- yeah, the French, they were like, well, the French don't deserve to get off because they're not British... And just, like, we have to take care of yeah, our Yeah, no French we... on British boats. Like, no no French ships were coming to get their French people, and, the, and so whatever British ships came would only take British people, and so the French yeah, were, like... Yeah, which is why the, a lot of French died. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredibly sad. Which is also sad, because they were... They were helping them. I thought that the, um... The performances were all so... So good. And all of the men involved just just took everything just so well like even with how little part that they had like yeah. like James D.R.C. and Kenneth oh, Kenneth oh, Branagh they were so good like they were so good with, with what little screen time they had and they, but they had the most dialogue for sure because Definitely. They, they were the ones that were trying to get all these people off and they were just like well yeah because they were commanding <sighs> officers and so they were doing most of the planning on getting out because the three boys were mostly quiet. Tom Tom Hardy and his other pilot friend were were talking a lot because they were strategizing with um, shooting down planes, but... Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... It was it was really cool to see kind of how much they delved, like how much Christopher like delved in with the detail in such a short amount of time. Yeah, down to the last thread of their outfits and and how many characters they were able to cover because i mean they really did everything like they did Mm -hmm. ground sea like air sea ground like yeah trying to leave yeah or trying to protect other yeah um it was i was just so amazing i was really just taken by this film so much what was your was your favorite um I guess, situation that the, like, was a memorable part, memorable part for each of the different character scenes. So we have the, um, the young officers, which include the Frenchman, Harry Styles, and, um, Fionn Whitehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all the main, um, the, they're the, the main characters of the, the young people. Yeah. And then you've got 
Kenneth and James Darcy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got... Um, Walter. Walter, which is... No, Mark. Mark. Mark what? Rice? What's his name? Oh, Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. And his little boat with yes. his son and George. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Tom Hardy and the other... Uh, um, pilot. Pilot. Yeah, the blonde, I... beautiful pilot. Who looks like Chris Hardwick. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, he does. Um... I don't, I don't care what Vicky says. I think he looks... I think he looks like... He looked a lot like... Chris oh, he, he really... He definitely did. He really did. He really did. Yeah. I, I would like to make a note that every person in this film is beautiful. Okay. Just just gonna throw it out there. I'm curious. Who did who did casting? Here They're we go. They're all so fucking gorgeous. And I know it took us, like, at least 20 minutes to get to this point, but... Jesus Christ. They're, like, all just, like, models. Like, everybody. Casting was done by John Papsidera and Toby Whale. And they're the ones who chose Harry Styles for this role. What was your uh, thoughts on Harry Styles' performance, Emily? In his debut film. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I liked I liked the the other kid better. Oh, the main character. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did like Fionn. Fee, Fee, yeah. I kind of liked that they made Harry Styles kind of an asshole. They kind of did. He was kind of an asshole. Yeah, at the part where they were, where they were in that boat waiting for the tide to come up because, because another, another hard thing to get off of Dunkirk Beach was because of the really shallow tide. That's what I was, I also learned about that, that you could walk like, 50 feet into the ocean and, yeah. and you would, you'd still be in shallow water. Yeah, it was crazy yeah. how shallow it was. And they, uh, in the podcast, they were saying that uh, it's a really wonderful vacation spot because it's so nice out there. And I, I was bet. like, I ch- yeah, but like not now, not in May, you know. Ooh. Yeah, it was cloudy. And covered in that sea foam. Yeah, oh. that, that sea foam was, was, in, was crazy. <laughs> that set direction. Like, Incredible, like shit, man. And they were like, and they're like, they were just trudging through it, and it was getting all over everything. It, it was, was so like gross. And the, all the dead bodies were getting like the sea foam all over them. Yeah, God damn, man, oh, it was so gross. It was great. It looked so good, you know. It just, it was looked so real. Look, it was just like, God, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, what were you gonna say about Harry? You no. asked me about Harry Styles. Um. They were getting on that boat, and the boat was getting shot at, and the boat was needed to wait for the tide in order yeah. to get up. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the I'd say his best scene was him being an asshole in that in that boat. <sighs> yeah, because you, know, you know he was just conversing, getting getting jelly jelly toast on the boat on that one boat before it got torpedoed. Uh huh. Um, which was fine. Like you know, his. <laughs> <laughs> that one part where, oh, where the we were Harry laughing. Styles sniff. Yeah, that he, the, he, that needs to become oh. a gif. Where is that? Yeah, I'll make it. It's okay, the Harry so Styles sniff. Where where was that? That was right when they got on the boat. Um, right when they were oh, getting when they're taking the stretcher. They, when they when no. they got the stretcher onto it and they were like, no, he wasn't around yet. They picked up Harry Styles when oh, the yeah, when other he fell boat off the sank. boat. When he fell off the he boat, he was on that other boat somehow. The that one got... that was the um, the the hospital boat that sank. Yeah, that sank. But yeah, yeah, right in the harbor. And he, it sank. He, he almost got crushed by the boat in the dock. And they pulled him out of the the boat. Okay. 
and they saved his life. Yeah. And then he, um... And then... And, yeah. the, and then they were riding another boat to get to another boat. They were riding a little boat to get to a big boat. And the three of them, the, the main characters, were standing on this boat. And then Harry Styles did, like, a little sniff. Yeah. <laughs> like, the most... I bet you that was his first day on set. I bet. Like, I feel like... And don't get me wrong, it was a good choice. We, no, it we, was fine. We it's... noticed it, and I don't think the movie would have been a, been the same if he hadn't done it. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the growl in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, no. It's nothing <laughs> like that. Oh, but but it was definitely great. Good good job, Harry. That was really, that was really no, good. No, it was... Um, it was a really good acting choice. I think um, that he... I think he really... His character really shown in the, in the parts where he was... He was being an asshole, and he was kind of being, and like even at the end, you know, they're sitting, and he's like, that guy didn't even look at us, and it's like, he, he just like wanted to, he, he was so uncomfortable. He wanted to be angry at something. Yeah, that he wanted to be angry at something, and, and I think that the other guy who he, barely had any yeah, lines was He definitely like, didn't like it that people were, I mean, he, he took the beers from the guy that was cheering for him outside yeah. the train, but he... I, I think he didn't really like being cheered for as, like, because it was such a shitty situation. They were all really uncomfortable. It was yeah. just, like, they were feeling like shit, and they were um, guilty and just so upset, which is, like, all war is gonna do that to men. Yeah. And I, you know, you really saw that, and just the way that it, that different people handled all of those different situations. Yeah. Killian Murphy ended up lashing out terribly, and, God, like... And killing an innocent. Yeah, and... Like, that was so bad. Like, he... It was bad. It was really bad. But they also didn't make him, you know, uh, they they didn't make him... They didn't arrest him. They, they didn't even... They didn't turn him in. They didn't turn him in at all because they were like, you know what? Like, this guy... It, it's not something that could have been helped. It, it was just, that was just what was going to happen. And, it, you know, it really was sad. It was really depressing that George had to die. Um, but you're also just watching this, like, that's really terrible. Like, this whole movie, like, just all these terrible things happen that you're just kind of... But then in the end, we were just so surprised. Like, every new thing that would happen, we'd be like, oh, my God. Like, it, you know, you'd put your hands on your face and just, like, shout, like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, you know? And we somehow got through Hacksaw Ridge, and I thought that was that was also just terrible. You know, what happened to the men there, too. Yeah. It's just, like, the, the war is just, like... But, like, this movie was so good. Like, I really enjoyed it. I like it. I would watch this again, where I would not watch Hacksaw Ridge again, because that was, like, just too much. Was just... You can only take so much exploding Yeah, guts. and just, like, men dying everywhere. It's just... Which this movie did, but it wasn't... But it was more artistic and yeah. less, uh... Yeah, where I, th I think... Story-driven. Yeah. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge definitely tried to make it realistic in, in like, being gory and bloody. Yeah. Where, yeah, this, but also the, more story driven. Yeah, you care more about the characters and you care about what they're standing for. And in this movie, it was more of like, this is what happened. We're gonna remember all of it and not just some of it. You know? Yeah. It's just, I feel like I went into this movie 
thinking differently about because I I knew it was gonna be a kind of like a, a non happy ending kind of story. Like I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of people got saved, but I knew there's gonna be a lot of struggle along the way, which I feel like because because I don't like movies where nothing good ever happens. Also, knows this. Yeah, I don't like Pursuit of Happiness, and I didn't like Gravity. Yeah, because it's all just it's so... just all bad things that kept happening. But this movie was like, but that, I though. liked this one though. Uh, well, we had mini victories, you know, <clears throat> like Tom Hardy would shoot somebody, and you would be like, yes, that that he plane would. can't shoot more people. You he know? would, and it's just like he would he would uh, do something, and we would be like, yeah, you know, he's he did it, and you'd feel that, and you'd feel the rush of it, and the, these people survived, and these people got home. Yeah, I'm definitely glad they had they had mostly victories with with the planes because because the second the second they would get on a boat and you'd just be like, okay now they're this fine. Well, no, but no, they had they had the boat- so long to get to the channel, like to get through the channel where they could still be getting shot. And at. I also heard on the podcast that they when they went through the channel they had to do a zigzag. Because they didn't want the torpedoes to get them and stuff. <gasps> That's oh. so they had to like zigzag all over the place, and all of these um, ships were loaded to the brim. Yeah, and they were really top heavy, and so it would just zigzag and keel like <gasps> back and forth because they were like moving so quickly through this this space as fast as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yep. Jeez. Yeah, it's a really. <sighs> Yeah, it's just really, it's really very heavy and very dark and very stressful, but also just a, like, a really gorgeous film. It was beautiful. Like, a lot of things, a lot of the cinematography was notable. Definitely. And, and extremely, like, I, pleasing to the eye, but also just, like, extremely crazy that that would be, like... You know, like at the very end when Tom Hardy's plane is like landing on the on the sand. Yeah, it's just such a, a pleasant moment, and then he has to like watch his his plane burning, and the Germans come and get him and take him away. You know he's gonna die. It's just, uh, it's just so tragically beautiful. <sighs> Tom. But I I don't think also that. Christopher Nolan like sugarcoated it in any way. It was like pretty damn sad. The part that was the most memorable for me was was that grease fire in the oh, water. Oh yeah. When they were when um, that was scary. Oh my gosh, that was so intense. When the when the they got into a boat that had beached and they were waiting for the tide to come in to pull the boat back out, but they couldn't go on top of the boat because Germans were shooting at it like target practice until they then found out that there were people in that boat so then they were shooting it to basically fill it with holes and so and so there was so much grease in the water that when these guys were getting saved um what was it a Torah another ship was was hit near them and it like yeah it got the oil or like or no a a, a plane a flew fiery plane because flew into the oil that was in the water yeah because and then Tom Hardy shot the plane down fire, and then yeah. the plane hit the oil and then the oil blew up and then all the men were on fire and oh my gosh yeah that was, was really crazy it was so intense I really liked the scene when the three men were sitting on the beach just kind of sitting there and they saw that other guy go into the water and 
like just swim out. Yeah. I really like that cinematography. And um I also liked It's crazy how many different places these these three boys were. Yeah, cuz they, they were they like They were a lot. They, they were on the beach, they yeah. were in the water, they were on the beach, they were in the water, they were in a boat, they were in the water. Yeah, I was thinking about that when they went back to the beach that they basically went out on so they tried to go on a boat they got kicked off the boat, so then they were they waiting had a on the dock. They were trying yeah. to get onto the medical boat with a with stretcher. With a stretcher. But then, but then people saw them and were like, okay, get off. You have like, to get off now. Like, thanks for taking this person on here, but you gotta leave. And then they were on another boat um, that got torpedoed. Yes. And then the French guy had to open up the door and then just, like, the two main characters somehow survived. Yeah. Because they were right next to the door. Remember, he was like... Where'd the other guy go? And he's like, he's he's going outside because in case we get torpedoed, he'll be able to jump off the boat. Well, he, he was also hiding outside so he wouldn't have to talk to anyone. Yeah, and he's French. Because so. he was French. And I called that he was French. I told you. I said, that guy's French. And you're like, what? I'm like, yeah, he was he was burying a man and he took his, this guy's clothes. He's French. You know, and then they were like, oh, he's a German spy. And I was like, no, he's a French guy. Like, he's not a spy. That's a stupid thing to say, you know, but, um... Paranoia, man. Yeah, it was the paranoia, um... It'll do crazy things to you. Yeah, but the, uh... Uh, but then... Yeah, so then they were... and and Harry were down there getting jelly toast, and and these guys did not like being down below. No. Like, because... Because they didn't want to get bombed. Yeah, because they knew in a second, once the boat got hit, which... Which, ten times out of ten, got hit. <laughs> yeah, and then they would have to jump and off. And they were not going to be down there. Yeah, um, so... Um, and so, luckily... But they went near the door. Yeah, they Remember, stayed near the door. they were like, the let's door. stay next to the door in case we need to get out. But then couldn't see it because it was too dark, but then, luckily, it got opened. Yeah, but it got... That was, that was kind of a... That was kind of a fate thing. Like, I feel like that was just for the story. And then they were dragged... Because the, the the little life the little lifeboats that's right they were said too we can't full. we can't hold so you but they, we could drag so they drag you, them so with this with a rope back, back to, the, to beach, the beach and then they stayed at the beach until they saw the group going to the the little beach, boat the beach boat and then they went to the little boat and then they went into the sea and then they were <laughs> saved by and then it finally <laughs> sunk and then they jumped out yeah and then got onto Mark Rylance's boat Rylance's boat. And then they were brought back home, and it wasn't... I loved that the music did not swell in, in like, a triumphant manner when they were arrived. It was very anticlimactic. They got home. They were like, oh, those are the cliffs of Dover. Or those aren't the cliffs of Dover. Those are the other cliffs. Yeah. And, and it was, like, terribly sad. Like, they got home, and they were just like, oh. And also what they said to the pilot who was all clean and stuff, because he hadn't been uh, at Dunkirk, he just was hitting planes. He was like all fresh and neat. He looked fine. And uh, I heard in the podcast, the um, Stuff You Missed in History class, that that they actually thought that the pilots, they were like, where have you been? And they actually said that to people. Really? That, that, yeah, that that was a real thing. That they said, where have you done? Did you even go over there? And they were like, yeah, I was in the air. I was protecting your life, you know? It's like, 
seriously? Yeah, because the plans were super important. I mean, these That boats, really happened. Yeah. These boats had no chance against these plans because they would hit them too quickly. Oh, totally. Like, they would like shoot we saw, them right on there. We saw how many boats trying to aim, and, and they would barely even get a shot in before before these planes were already bombing them. So these planes were extremely successful mm-hmm. in helping getting, in helping at least... Kill d- thousands of men. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the, the British That's Air up. Force was doing a really good job at least taking some down. That's fucked um, up. It's real crazy. It was a crazy movie. Like, I really liked it. And especially we saw it in IMAX... Yeah, I oh. bet I bet it would have been awesome in seventy millimeters too. Oh, I bet. Oh, I, I bet. Wish I bet it was we had. So good. Ugh. Maybe if it's still in theaters when we come back from Italy. I know it. It won't be for sure. I know it won't be in seventy millimeter for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But it was good. So we want to read some reviews now on the the Metascore. I hope Chris Hardwick's uh science uh science show does um does Tom Hardy's uh gliding <laughs> I'd love to hear if that's like completely plausible or not. oh why not I don't think it why not I don't know it's it, it seemed like it seemed like he wouldn't have been in the air for that long like I mean I I know that oh yeah that was pretty great when Tom Hardy shot with his very last like he, his engines ran out, and he was still, like, gliding around. I know. It and was so, amazing. And, and then so he shot how, down somebody, and they all cheered have, for him. So, un- unless that person was, like, perfectly placed in front of him to shoot, which the pilot would have been dumb to do that. He was just a good... He was a good pilot. He was. But I don't know. It, it still seemed a little like far-fetched, he would, he but would, cool, though. Yeah, I really liked it. Also, I got really teary-eyed when the little boats were coming. <gasps> well, that's right. Oh, when like, oh my boats. gosh! So all, so all these little civilian boats were commissioned to to go over there, and because they definitely had a better chance of surviving than the big boats, they were they were a lot smaller target from they the, were you're from right. the plane bombs. They were, and yeah. so hundreds of these civilian boats were like putting on over across the channel to yeah, go and get and to go and get their boys yep. and get their boys and girls and they and, picked um, them up and took them over back home and when and when they could see them when the soldiers could see them across across the water they all cheered and it was so cute oh this guy's so gorgeous i know he's beautiful oh we're talking about uh aaron barnard who was a French guy in the film. Oh, God. He was so cute. Just so gorgeous. They're all just... Everyone was so gorgeous. Oh. <sighs> Kills me. Who was Kills that? Me. Who was that guy? Damien. He's a French soldier. Ah. Probably in the beginning. Um, so this uh, this film got a 94 Metascore, which I think has to be the highest rated film we've ever talked about on this podcast. I think so. Uh, for sure. That 94. That is amazing. Um, I'm just going to read some. A lot, a lot of 100s. Yeah, tons of 100s. Lots of and 100s. And even the 88 from USA Today is like an, a good 88. Like, it's like yeah. this movie's amazing. You know, so. Um, Okay, few movies from, if this is from IndieWire, uh, few movies have so palpably conveyed the sheer isolation of fear and the extent to which history is often made by people who are just trying to survive it. Few movies have so vividly illustrated that one man can only do as much for his country as a country can do for one of its men. 
Oh. I love boats. <sighs> so cute. I actually heard in the podcast that they do a little, um, a little boats Dunkirk like reenactment kind of thing. Like they send, like they do like a little like a little boats go over to Dunkirk and then come back home. Sometimes, like the last one they had was like in 2010, like a remembrance of Dunkirk. They like send out the little boats. Really? Yeah, and they go across the channel to Dunkirk. Oh. Because it was a really um, amazing, you know, people really remember this from the war. Like Mm -hmm. this was something that they were really uh, proud of to say that they got to help and, and everything. Yeah. And also, like, um, the end of the film, they say the speech by Churchill, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty famous speech, uh, where he says, like, at the end, uh, we're gonna fight on the beaches, and, um, that was a, like, it's read by the main character while Harry Styles is listening. Yeah. And, uh, that's a really famous speech from, from the World War Two. so... It was pretty great to have it in the film, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of ended. What yeah, the, what was the last shot again? It 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 kind of just looked like uh, after he finished reading it, um, Fion. Yeah, the main character, he the just, guy. He, he just, just was looking he, out. The he window. seemed he seemed uninterested. Like I don't know. He just seemed I don't know. Was it was he looking out the window? I don't remember. Is that was what happened to him? I don't know. I think he like he like was looking down at it and then he and like and then the he like it. looked up or something and then it was just done. Like Yeah. I like that ending though. I liked it. It's because it's And they got all the people off the beach. I mean they the the soldiers the characters can't really be <laughs> one way or the other like they can't be happy and they can't be like completely sad because it's like it's very no. it's, they ha- they're very they're very conflicted the whole time well, obviously obviously yeah and it's like and and they they just have to be this way the whole time like i wonder i wonder how difficult it was to like act for this cuz it's just like I don't know. So some of the faces, some I... of the faces that they had, like, were just so like they looked like they looked like ghosts. Yeah, that was a get. That's that a good they way just to like they didn't because they like, had shell shock. They were like, just, like they weren't. They were there, but they weren't there, and they had the faces on. Yeah. Yeah, there was great performances. It was haunting. It was very haunting. Oh, this is another one. Um, Entertainment Weekly says this is visceral, big budget filmmaking that can be called art. It's also hands down the best motion picture of the year so far. Oscar noms. I literally like. I t- I said if this film does not win at least one Oscar, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> it needs to win. I think like for me, I mean, it's like halfway through the year and we haven't even gotten to Oscar season yet. I want this film to win. This is the one I'm picking right Already? now. Already? Right now. All right. We have to watch all the other ones. When we get to the chance, we're going to do it again like we did last year. But still, this is the one. And 400% sure this movie's going to get nominated for best film. All right. So at least we already have that one down. Set in stone. Alessandra's already put down her Oscar nomination prediction right now. Oh, yeah. Right there. This one, for sure. Set in stone. All right. Let's see... This, uh, the USA Today one for 88 Metascore talks about the music mostly. Uh, Brian Truitt, 
says, Dunkirk is also one of the best scored films in recent memory, and Hans Zimmer's music plays as important a role as any character. With shades of Edward Elger's Enigma variations, the melodies are glorious, yet Zimmer also creates an instrumental ticking clock soundtrack that's a propulsive force in the action scenes. Now, I heard the clock. Yeah, the like clock every sure. Every time there yeah. was like a ticking, yeah. I could definitely hear that. Yes, yeah. there was a lot of that when he was flying the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and during like some really intense parts. Yes. Um, yeah. Was- I honestly don't know when this this like shrieking violin is that you that you that you heard. I dude, I just remember a lot of really really unnerving sounds. <laughs> like was- sounds are very unnerving, and there was a lot of bullets. There was a lot of shots, like really loud. I jumped a few times. Yeah, it was like, huh, like that's really scary. Like you just you hear and then the bombs. Yeah, they were, were so really loud. loud. Well, yeah, because in IMAX, in IMAX it was like, loud. oh god. Let's see. I'm yeah. I don't. I don't know. You want to read that article that you found? Oh yeah, sure. Let's let's lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> Vulture posted an article titled "The Eight Most British Things About Dunkirk." Let's see. So, number one, it's about Dunkirk. Yeah. Very British thing. Very British. Um, You know, Dunkirk was made by a British guy because, well, it's mostly only British people who know about Dunkirk. Yeah. If you want proof, I'll show you the traffic numbers for this post explaining the basics of the movie's premise. People were hungry for that knowledge. Um, And then the second thing is the cues. I don't think it's yep, a, an yep, exaggeration. What, what do they mean by the cues? The cues is the lines. You remember? The, I literally thought of this exact thing when we were watching the film. In the film, there's these lines of men waiting to get on boats along the beach. Mm-hmm. There's just lines of them. Mm-hmm. British people love to cue. They love to get in lines. I was like literally looking at this. These men are just on a beach and they still have to queue up. <laughs> It's just hilarious. Anyways, that's so funny that that person noticed that too, because seriously, yes. <laughs> oh, All right, man. so there you go. Alessandra explained that one. Number three, the tea. Oh, they do have tea. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, Mark Rylance mentions it. He's like, oh, go have some tea. Yeah, and also they, they offer some to, to Killian, who... Who's yeah. not having it? No, he's not. He's not a happy. He does camper. take the tea though. He does, and then they're after, con- the second time after he after he hits it. Um, Michael Caine's voice. I can think of a few things more British than the voice of South London's own Maurice Micklewhite, who pops up in Dunkirk as the unseen commander of Tom Hardy's RAF squadron. Not many people know that. Yeah, he's their commander, the one that gets shot down. No, Michael Michael Caine's voice. So Tom Hardy is listening to someone through the radio. Yeah, and it's it their, is the third plane. Remember, they were like, "Oh, I see him. He's in the ground. He's on the, he's in the water." So Michael Caine was in that was in that plane. Yeah, he was. Yeah, his voice was in the plane. His voice was in the plane. All right, four, Mark Rylance. Similarly, no contemporary actor best reflects the British middle class's vision of themselves as well as the late period Mark Rylance. Yep. There we go. 
Oscar winner Mark Rylance. The Elgar on the soundtrack. Hans Zimmer's score borrows heavily from Edward Elgar's Enigma Variations, the unofficial anthem of British funerals. Oh. Oh. That's interesting. Wow. What? Interesting. Okay. Uh, next one. Overestimating the historical importance of the little ships. For almost 80 years, experts have been trying to vain trying in vain to convince the public that no, the troops of Dunkirk were not single-handedly saved by a bunch of Sunday sailors spontaneously deciding to take a trip across the channel. While these boats certainly played their part in the operation, in real life, most of the ships were ferries, merchant marine craft, or lifeboats, and most of them were crewed by the Royal Navy or Merchant Navy. But that's not as good of a story, so you can forgive Nolan for emphasizing the little ships as the generations before him had done. Uh, next one. It's got a Welsh guy playing a Frenchman. <laughs> hey, they're both not England. It's cool. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that was a nice little article. That was it. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that that was the, um, the British funeral. Yeah, wow. Soundtrack. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's all we have to say about Dunkirk, unless there's anything else you wanted to say. Um... I really, like, honestly, if we weren't going to Italy tomorrow, I would go see this movie again. <laughs> yeah, probably would. Yeah, that's how much I really liked it. Is there a is there a movie theater in Italy where, where we're going to be? Not really. No, nothing like... Genio Ma Paradiso? No. It's not like Genio Ma Paradiso, no. Aww. No. I mean, I, I think I, when I, one year when I was down there, I was trying to find it. I, th- I think there might be one. A theater? Yeah, I don't... I can't I can't really tell you. I've never really been in it, so... All right. Like, one year I tried to go see Harry Potter there. <laughs> what? Because I love Harry Potter, so, well, like... Well, I know. I think it was, like, they were playing, like, the fifth or sixth movie. Yeah. I think it just just at a little drive-in theater, or, like, a little... Uh, yeah, they were playing it, like... It wasn't a drive-in theater. Just a little... Just a little... It might have been a drive-in. cinema? I was trying to... They were... Yeah, I think there might be a little theater there. All right. <laughs> Maybe we can try to ask Conchetta about it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of. It, if you haven't seen it, and we haven't spoiled it too much for oh, you... Oh, Jesus Christ. We've, seen, <laughs> we've talked about the entire film. Like, I just... No, because, okay, because even if we spoil everything and talk about who all died and whatever, it it doesn't really matter because it's still worth it to go see it and actually actually see it all played out. This was just so good. I just. It was a really great movie. It was really great. We have have firsthand evidence right here where Alessandra says that they're going to be an Oscar nominated film. So there you go. If it wins, though, gonna are you going to do something for me? <laughs> are you going to give me some money or something? I'll give you, I'll give you a nice, solid pat on the back. Okay. <laughs> well, you'll be able to hear it on the podcast when we, we do our Oscar podcast. <laughs> yep. Solid, open-handed. Yeah. <laughs> pat on the back. Pat on the back, yep. Uh-huh. And a solid, good job, Alessandra. <laughs> yeah, for, for uh, predicting... Dunkirk winning an Oscar. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, why don't you say we're giving a metaphorical uh, pat on the back to Christopher Nolan and all those involved with making this film, including my friend's dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, her friend got to see... Uh, got to see the set. Got and, to see the set and the yeah. little uh, little planes. Because mm-hmm. uh, apparently for little the... Little prop planes. Yeah, the planes that were involved in the making of this film were not actually real life-size planes. They were actually kind of like mini-sized planes mm-hmm. that were probably about the size of a bed. <laughs> so those are the kind you're seeing in the sky. I also read that the planes um, that, that were the British planes were not actually... They didn't actually... No, no. Maybe it was the German... The German planes were not the correct planes, actually, that a year later they made them look like that. But the reason that they made them look like with the circles or whatever they had on them was because they wanted to be very obvious that that was uh, the enemy plane um, for the film. Okay. That's what they decided because they wanted to make Hmm. it more visually obvious to the viewer. That's all I got. (laughs) I tried with all of the information that I... You had a lot of information. I did. I, I did. Um, so if you like that podcast, leave us a comment. Yep. And uh, a five-star review on iTunes. Only if you truly think we deserve five stars. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> not gonna go bribing for not gonna go bribing for stars right now. Uh, or on SoundCloud. And then you can also uh, email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com or allbythepopcorn at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at by the popcorn. You can find us on Facebook. Just search All By The Popcorn Podcast and we should pop up. And I think that's it. We will see you guys when we get back from Italy in two yes. weeks. Yes. It's going to be, we're not going to make a podcast for two weeks. It's going to no. be really weird. No podcast for two weeks. So, uh, but we'll, we'll get right on that right when we come back. Yeah, we, we will. Um, <laughs> but have a good day. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye. 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 Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.